This is the proper animal. This is the All I Eat is Steak podcast. Still called the All I Eat is Steak podcast. Got a lot of good ideas for the new name, but we're going to stick with the All I Eat is Steak at least for the next week or so. A great day today. Getting getting the hang of this uh, quarantine here with Bay, this fake quarantine. Uh, the Destroyer with some great notes per usual, and he and I were going back and forth, kind of like talking about it's kind of cool to be not going to Equinox. See, when you have all these memberships or you have this cryotherapy thing, it's like, you got to go. I mean, you got to go anyways. We're committed to that, but then if you're paying, right? It's also another reason to have a fairly expensive gym membership. You got to get your value one way or the other. But what Bay and I have been talking about, and I don't know if we're going to do this or not, but we might just quit Equinox because we've been running every day, sometimes twice a day on the beach. We had a great run today, and it's, it's just way better. Just like there's something about like the negative ions or something going on, or just visually when you're able to look out at the ocean, it's uh, just a, it's quite considerably different and more powerful than running on a treadmill. Uh, of course, with the treadmill and in the gym, you get a bunch of other things. Um, but for pure physical wellness and health, you're much better off being outside. Um, there's a bunch of reasons why you might want to join a gym, though, for the social aspect. Uh, our gyms are all closed right now. Um, for the amenities, the facilities, the locations, like uh, it's really cool to be able to get a workout in anywhere in the city, wherever you're at. Uh, or in New York City when we travel. So there's all kinds of bonuses and pluses to it. Uh, we'll make that decision when we uh, get back, hopefully in a couple of weeks, if we're not declared under martial law. <laughs> I mean, I laugh, but I think that's actually happening in some parts of California right now, which is completely insane. And we got, you know, we, we just got back from Thailand and China. And so we... Um, you know, we woke up in the middle of the night last night and jet lag has not been bad. That's been something that's been very fascinating to us, that jet lag both ways on the carnivore way of eating, no longer drinking alcohol. We're like good to go. Like it hasn't been a thing, but last night we did wake up in the middle of the night and we were up for a couple of hours and a few things landed for us. Uh, we've been really thinking about the coronavirus, and thank you, Destroyer, for it's like, yeah, we're going to talk about it because it's just happening. We're under fucking quarantine right now, so it's like, how can you not discuss what's going on? And just, but, but we're not going to take too long on it because it's like, just, we just kind of like, it, it's not anything new, but we, we're, we're pretty confident that this thing has been around since October of last year, okay, so maybe six months. Uh, this and that there's just no way that most of us weren't already exposed to it. Uh, we've since learned that the testing is very problematic on it, um, that actually c- coronaviruses have always been around and make up 15 to 20 percent of all flus. So it's just it's and then you've got this mass hysteria and panic, which is now at the point where it's going to cause more, much more, exponentially more damage than the virus itself. 
So we've been pushing hard against that on social media. But what we've also learned is that we we stopped using Facebook a year or so ago, and we popped back on doing the Gary V model, talking about stocks. And you can't really talk about stocks without talking about current events. And then you see this in this cavalcade of fear, this awfulness, this fear-based control-based. Thing happening in front of you, and you have to comment on it. But what we realize is that people actually want to be afraid. It's the same thing. Like people wanted to believe the Russian conspiracy or hopes. So there's no arguing with people. There's no, you know, being rational with people. There's no. There's just no point in even really being there. So we just put. We posted something, and we're going to share it with you right now. Just some facts. We didn't have any color around it. We didn't tell any jokes around it like we usually do. But here's the three facts that we're just going to give you. Um, in Wuhan, the epicenter of this thing, maybe where it was made or where uh, it came about, and where there was all the the death, the original death, and who knows any of this? Who knows really what's going on? As the historian said, we we absolutely have very little clue as to what's going on. But we can all agree that there was a problem in Wuhan, <laughs> which is a place. It's like 11 billion people. It's like bigger than Los Angeles, uh, so that's a very big place, and that. They did get that under control eventually. It took about three months, and there are no new cases today. I think, or it was like last night, they reported no new cases there for the first time ever. So they get a couple of days of that in a row. They're going to call it. They're going to say it's done. We're done with this. Uh, then Elon Musk on Twitter, who's been an amazing leader leader in this regard. You know, all everyone's working. He's like, get to work. If you're scared, go to church. <laughs> the guy is just amazing. And full disclosure, we own, you know, both of his companies, SpaceX and Tesla. Although we did an incredible trade, it was just that was just, you know, good intuition, I guess. We were in at around 300, out at 900. It's back down near 300. We'll probably get back in again. Uh, so Elon saying that that there will be no hockey stick growth in the U.S. For the Wuhan, I mean, for this, yeah, the Wuhan virus, we'll call it what it is, and it will follow a similar pattern as China did. Uh, with the with with we would say, with the exception that it, I, I just it can't, it, it'll be over in a couple of months, like finished, like completely gone. But I think we've got a big head start. I think they kind of let it get out of control and they tried to hide it. And I don't think we're trying to hide it. I actually think we're. Uh, you know, there's paranoid people overloading the hospital system right now.、Uh, when this thing is actually a stay-at-home remedy for 99% of the population, even if you get it. And our and our belief is that we had it in February.、Uh, there was a very weird thing that went around. The destroyer had it.、Uh, You know, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 who knows. You know, maybe not, but we both remember that very distinctly. This just weird kind of, I don't know. It didn't stop us from training, but we were not ourselves. We were not like ten out of ten all the time. And、uh, you know, maybe that was it. Our other buddy said he think he thinks he had something. There was like what what was called in the.、Um, And the training community, what was called like a super flu, that really took people out for a while、um, in December. So, and it's just the idea, just logic, guys. It's like if this thing was going and out there, and China wasn't locking really down, they were just 
kind of like not talking about it, not, you know, getting, letting people get on planes, letting it go around the world, you know, even if they, you know, came in and locked it down a month or two. I mean, that's what they're, that's what they're saying. The criticism on China is that they should have put that put, should have started that lockdown earlier. Right. And so they started it way late. Uh, but so in the interim, there was all this travel and whatnot. And, and, and that's how it, but then, so if there was all that travel, to all these other places, then of course it was here. Like it's just insane to think it wasn't here. And um, the, 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 the reality is I think we're going to look back on this and it's going to be, the, the mortality rate's going to be very, very microscopic. And the other piece of, of just, it's just news, just facts. I mean, I, I, I know most of the news is fake, but when you get like a Reuters or a, or a, or a Bloomberg, um, you know, you're, you're going to tend to say, and, and it's not it's necessarily a political statement that they're making. You're going to think that, okay, this is, this seems to be legit. Or the New York Times even was very fake in their political reporting. But on something like this, I don't, you know, I think that I would go with them on it. Um, that in Italy, in Bloomberg reported today, 99.2% of the deaths, right? Because that was a big death blow up place. And by big, like in the hundreds, I guess, or maybe in the thousands. I'm not sure, but it was, it, you, I, 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 you know, no death is, is minimized here, but it's still like that. Okay, so that was considered the next flare up place. Um, and 99.2% of those deaths had a pre-existing condition, and the majority of, like, 75% of them had two or more pre-existing conditions. And really, so then it becomes, like, how are you, how are you labeling these deaths? You know, it's like different countries have different measures, right? And so a different country might not label that a, a, a coronavirus death, a Wuhan virus death. They might just call it you know, whatever the most major thing and whatever the pre-existing condition might have been, pneumonia or whatever it is. And so it's it just the whole thing seems really fake and manufactured. But what we noticed is that not in the real world, but on like these platforms like Facebook, people just want to be fucking crazy. They, they, they want to be fearful. They want to be upset. They want, they actually want to be controlled. It's just too easy for a very, but I would say it's just a very vocal, small subset. And I would say there's, it's, it's exacerbated by the platforms, but they love the drama of being scared and terrified and it's a mental illness. And so like, it's just for me, for me, for the proper animal to engage on that platform much longer is I'm just going to talk about Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm just going to talk about real news instead of this complete hoax. Now, the, the, the problem with the hoax of the coronavirus, the, the biggest hoax since the Russian hoax, and much worse, is that it's causing an incredible amount of damage. It's already caused an incredible amount of da economic damage. And this is real stuff now. This is like, this is like people not getting paid, people losing work. Um, and, 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 that, and a lot of people. So the government's going to step in, you know, and that's like, that becomes another problem. The government steps in all of a sudden, government controls everything. We talked about that too uh, previously. 
but the control tactic, of course, was first fear, then guilt, now apathy, and we're in the apathy phase now, and we know there's all kinds of rumors of martial law, things like that, and what are you going to do at, at that point? You know, it's good to have a gun. It's good that we're all armed, because what you do at that point, and what will happen, guaranteed at that point, is if we have martial law for any prolonged period of time, this country will revolt, because there's enough animals out there with weapons that if it's not very measured in its application, right? Like, I think most people would accept, okay, um, in the counties where there's been outbreaks of this, we're going to shut it down for another couple of weeks. I think I've just read somewhere that, you know, some of these Northern California places are, are shut down for a couple of weeks, but there, there's going to be, and I'm, I'm confident that our, that our leadership will give us the, like the green zone versus the red zone. Right. And that's fair. Like LA should be back open for business. I mean, it's just bonkers. I, you know, I read the cases it's in like the dozens of cases and different, maybe tops. Okay. That of course can, can, can move exponentially, but it just hasn't. Like we, like we were promised exponential growth in this thing. We were promised hockey stick growth, um, but it just doesn't, it, did, it didn't work like that in China. If there, was, if, if, if there was true exponential growth, there was, there's exponential growth in it in the early stages, but if there was true exponential growth in it, it wouldn't be over. <laughs> I mean, something that grows exponentially is not over in three months. And Wuhan, ground zero, it's, we can't call it quite yet. It's close to being over. So it's really easy to lie with math because people don't have basic math understanding. Proper Animal has, uh, you know, has advanced calculus, all kinds of statistics courses, and so he, he can see it. And I guess what I'm letting go of I'm just like a big letting go is I don't need to be the guy that convinces people not to be crazy because people want to be crazy. So my job is more to speak to this is my people. My people is here on this podcast. My people is on Instagram and not really on Facebook. It's just like there's too many crazies <laughs> on that platform. So I, I highly recommend a couple of things. I also started looking at some some kind of 5G stuff because there's some 5G conspiracy theorists around this whole thing. And I, I'm not on that train, but... There is a, a, a palpable, tangible feeling of, of less happiness. Like I'm rolling around at a 10 out of 10. But then if I spend too much time on a platform without creating, you know, generally what I do is I'll create some content up front, put it on the platform. I'll feel really good. I'll dance around in that. I'll like some other people. I'll read some other people's content. And then I'll get off. Because I, I know that if I spend too much time on you know on my phone i just start to feel a little bit down like not as good so whether or not 5g is a thing and and this guy I, I, one of my one of my buddies the trainer the shack guy the, the 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 boxing trainer best trainer in the world he sent us a a video of this of this professor sounded like a reasonable guy and he talked about just different electromagnetic fields and how and like how the electromagnetic field with every major technology such as 
uh, radar or such as radio waves. And so when the, each time these inventions, these technological inventions happens, they seem to be preceded by some sort of plague or sickness. So interesting, interesting. I'm not interested enough to, to cross-reference it because I already know intuitively that this 5G, this greater speed, but just smartphones in general and the idea of cell phone towers and all that, I know that has an effect, right? And it's probably negligible for most people, but for people that have pre-existing conditions, it can be problematic. And definitely for people that are predisposed to having mental health issues, it's, it's very problematic, right? It's extraordinarily problematic. We're going through a mass psychosis right now with this hysteria. This hysteria is like nothing I've ever seen before. It's, it's on the one hand fascinating, on the other hand, super sad. It's super, super sad and depressing. Um, but it is what it is, and so we, 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 learn to, we learn to play the cards that we have on the table. Right now, it's crazy town, and we just have to accept that. But what we also do is we get this quarantine, and it's actually not so bad. And it's, I'm seeing this because I'm on the beach, and I'm running, and there's a lot of people on the beach on the, on the weekdays now, a lot of people just walking around. And it's like I'm seeing couples together, and Bay and I ran together today. And like you can tell that they're just like they're not, they're not quarreling. They're not fighting about stupid shit. They're just kind of like together. I saw this great older couple kind of like just walking arm in arm, arm on the beach like, like we all ought to do. Right, we all ought to do that every day, especially if we live a few blocks from the beach, like we are blessed to, to be. And it's like, oh God, like there's just a, like a recalibration of what's important. Um, the shutdowns, the, the thing that most that I'm, I'm most afraid of right now is the is whatever type of martial law the state seems to be wanting to oppose, at least in the northern part of California. I feel like, I feel like. Southern California is just a little bit too diverse, I think, and too, um, just not, I don't think it wouldn't fly here. (laughs) I mean, you got crazy libertarians like myself and Peter Thiel, who have moved down here from Silicon Valley, who is very much, uh, this group thinky command and control type place now and, 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 and hyper left, super leftist socialist San Francisco. So I can, I can totally see that place being like welcoming the lockdown. Thank you, government. Take all my rights. Um, we're happy to work from home. You know, all the big tech companies up there shut down, but I just don't feel like LA has that vibe. LA is, uh, you know, especially on the far west side, it might be super, super left, but it's, it's, it's more libertarian left. Like more like, no way, man, you know, civil liberties, you, free, you know, live free or die. You know, I'll take the, uh, I'll take the handout, you know, I'll take the handout, but don't mess with my rights, right? <laughs> I don't want to have any contingencies on that money that I'm getting. So, um, you know, you got guys like me and Peter Thiel, but you know, then you also got like, you got legit, you know, gangs, or the, 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 the sons and daughters of gangs in Compton, they're not going to do, they're not going to do martial law, you know, <laughs> it's just like we're aligned with them, but they're not doing martial law. You got um, a huge, very conservative Mexican-American population. They're not doing martial law. You know, they're not doing martial law. You have a huge amount of people because I, I know because I'm one of them that have guns and it's just like we're not doing it. We're not going to do it for too long. And we very much fear, and that's the one thing we fear, and that's why 
The two things that are rational that have been going on is when the government does a shutdown is a hoarding of food. And not that we haven't done either of this stuff and a hoarding of ammo. Now, it's interesting, though, that we, we've as L.A. became like even less gun friendly uh, at our gun range that we, like I was like, what a great business this place is because they also sold ammo. And it was like this is well before coronavirus. This is like last year. It's like like every weekend it seemed like L.A. was cracking down with the new law. So they would have a sale before the law kicked in. And like it would be like I'm, they must have done millions of dollars in business a day. Um, you know, this past summer, great business ammo. So, uh, that's a great thing though. Like you just need crazy guys with guns to, to make sure that everyone has their rights. It's, it's, it sounds bonkers. I know, but, uh, you, you need the government to be, you need the government to know, you know, that you need Trump to know. I know it's interesting how, you know, eager some people are for martial law, but they hate Trump. So they hate Trump, but they want the government to shut everything down. Okay. And it's like, I love Trump, but I don't want him to shut it down. And if he did, I'd be totally against him. I'd be against that. Right. Um, I'm with him for this like fake mini quarantine we're doing, a psychological reset, I guess, for two weeks. I'm having a great time with it. Bay's having a great time with it now. Uh, but we don't want mar- martial law here. I mean, it's just, it, that's scary. That's scary because you don't want to see how that ends. You really don't want to see how that ends. And what I think he is brilliant, by the way, our president, whether you like him or not, you have to admit he's an incredible chess player. He's got something up his sleeve, and I don't think it includes includes some sort of rational quarantine-type situation at the federal level that, you know, we've been doing here. And I actually also believe, I don't believe that Gavin Newsom, California, is, is a crazy command and control guy. He's, he's fairly left-wing, but uh, he, when I was living in San Francisco, he was our mayor, and he was much more middle of the road, much more centrist, and I voted for him. Um, I wouldn't vote for him again, but uh, I, I just feel like he's just trying, everyone's trying to do the best they can. Everyone's trying to do the best they can. What it, what it, gets, it just gets scary because as the government comes in and tells businesses to shut down, that is a lot like China, right? That, that, that is a lot like China. And so what will happen is that what the government knows is that they can do that now because they feel like you can only do that if you have the consent of the people. And right now people are so hysterical and misinformed about this virus that they are, they're like, okay, yeah, take away our liberties right now because we want to be safe, right? And the great quote is, you know, that he who would exchange their freedom for safety gets neither. He who would exchange, he or she who would exchange his liberty for his freedom gets neither. And I'm not sure exactly who said that, but it's a great quote. And that's kind of like where we're at right now. Uh, but I just have faith. I just have faith in a higher power. I have faith that, that, that this higher power has a plan for this country, and this country is exceptional. It really is. For all its faults, it's the greatest place to be in the world. That's why we have so many people trying to get into this country. It's the greatest place in the world. And the people that complain about it most, they're free to move. 
they are totally free to move, but they won't. So it's just that that hypocrisy that and and it's look, it is that it's the same type of people. Just see, just know this. It's the same type of people that were hyping the Russian hoax and conspiracy. They're 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 they're, they're hyping this virus too, which in a couple of weeks, God willing. It'll be done, and then there's just no way they're going to keep people inside their houses. And there's no way they're going to keep business people from, from reopening their doors because, you know, uh, look, to have to pay rent, if you're a gym owner in L.A., not Equinox or a giant corporation, they, could, they can swing it with, with, with private equity and all kinds of venture. But if you're like a, a small chain, like a Gloveworks or a... Uh, you know, a playlist yoga, you cannot afford to shut your doors for more than two weeks. It's it just, the margins are too low. The rent is too high and you're going to be out of business. So at some point soon, as this thing starts leveling off, you know, we're going to get, we're going to see just how free we really want to be. It's an, I'm not even, I'm actually, now that I think about it like that, I'm actually not concerned about any type of martial law or anything like that. It's just, it's not, it's not even feasible. There's not, a, and that's, the, and that's the reason, and it's a little bit of a meander, but that's the reason why that we have guns because you, there's just not enough national guard or police officers to actually enforce that in any meaningful way, especially if you have an armed populace. Right. If you have an armed populace, I mean, does it, it's just does the government want to start getting into skirmishes? And by skirmishes, I mean shootouts with its citizens. No, that's not good PR. And uh, you know, as that as that begins, and it would, and it would, uh, it would snowball, and it would become a revolution of sorts. And it's just not, it's not in the cards. And I don't think that. Mr. Trump would, would would ever take that route for uh, for for any long duration, let's say, uh, because he knows that we would tolerate it, like we are tolerating it for a couple weeks, but not much longer. So that was kind of a tangent that we went on right there, uh, but I think it was a good one. I think it was cool, and what we're gonna talk about next is what I would characterize as the, the holy trinity of getting through tough times. And it's probably going to be more than three things, but, and it's not necessarily, here's the great thing about it though. Of these things that I'm going to mention, you just really have to pick one. You have to pick the one that resonates with you the most and get to work on that one. You know, we, we've been saying throughout this whole ordeal that we were built for this. We were built on this because we've been training for this our whole lives. Or really for the past 20 years. You know, since we picked up our, a yoga mat for the first time and started working intentionally on, on our minds. And, uh, you know, without even really knowing what yoga was or what we were doing or what meditation was, we've always had an interest in human like just psychology and and decision making and why we feel the way we do and why we do the things we do and so we've just been we've been prepping for this and 
you know, yeah, we we're taking advantage of it because like, look, if you're not if you're not ready for this, you know, if you're having a hard time with this, we have I've we all the destroyer and I have massive compassion for you, but we've also put in so much time and effort into the developing our souls and our and our minds and our bodies that like what were you doing like i mean i get it i get it you get busy you got work to do and stuff like that but like i feel like there's a huge slice of the american populace right now um that is thinking to themselves oh i've just been lazy i've been lazy and i've i've been out of shape and i've been uh, you know, addicted to carbs and you know, dependent on the healthcare system. I have great insurance because I work for a great company and I work really hard at work and I get pills for when I ever have any type of problem and I'm dependent on that. And like that stuff doesn't help you in a crisis. You know, that's this is the black swan is that when the shit hits the fan as it's doing and I, I just it's weird for me to even say that but i see like like the seals even talking about it like leaf babbin and jocko saying like you know times are tough and i'm like are they really tough or is this is this all in people's minds which which it is but that doesn't make it any less tough and so i i'm like not like like think about this like world war ii that was a real crisis like if you're a able-bodied young man like the proper animal, you're going to be in a trench and you're probably going to be on the shores of Normandy and you're probably going to die. Like wh- like is is that anything comparable to to today? Vietnam, you know, we weren't of course, we were, you know, our our dad was was served during the Vietnam War and it's like that's fucking scary, man. Like that's real. That's real stuff right there. Or, 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 you know, or Jocko, you know, those guys who, who, who are, you know, of, of our generation that volunteered to go and fight in the Battle of Ramadi, right? Like, that's real. That's real. Like, this is just all made up. But it doesn't make people suffering any less. It doesn't make the, 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 the general populace is suffering any less. And so this is a wake-up call. This is a wake-up call for people to get their stuff together. You know, I've been cursing a lot the last couple of podcasts. I don't like to curse much anymore. But I've, I've been a little bit triggered by all of this stuff, just like everyone else. So I'm having an emotional response to this too. It's, 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 it's a bit different. It's not really fear-driven. Um, it's more anger and like frustration at the, at, at the insanity of everything. But I still haven't having a response to it. But what I what I know is I have an incredible amount of confidence in in all the work that I have done throughout my whole life to this point to get me to this point. All the sacrifices that I have made to make sure that I am of sound mind, body, and spirit after having really not entered my my adult life at all in that way. And so the first and most important thing, well, no, look, none of these things are any more important than the other. They are all, they're all, they all can be the first domino, right? I don't recommend people 
to get to get to do all these at the same time if they're new to them. Pick the one that's already you're already really good at and get better at it and then add another one and then add another one and then add another one. It'll be easy and they're all kind of connected. And the first one is a higher power is your spiritual practice. The I didn't land the plane on that video about the 5G stuff, which again I'm not a believer in that conspiracy theory, but I do believe that the internet in general and social media is very problematic. And I've said that over and over again for people. And you really ought to limit your time on your device. He ended his talk by saying the best thing you can do to protect yourself from 5G is, is, is to have a strong spiritual practice. And so, boom, that's, that's, that's the key. And it doesn't have to be Jesus Christ. It can be Buddha. It can be Muhammad. It can be Moses. It can be Ganesha. It can be Shiva. It can be, you know, it just, it, it, it just has to be something, a higher power than you. And that's not going to be something that you made up. It can't be your imaginary friend, Scott, right? It's got to be like, uh, just pick a religion. Just pick anything. Pick, pick something that resonates with you most and start reading and learning about the teachings from the great teachers. And these things are Lindy, meaning they've been around for thousands and thousands of years. Do stuff that's been around for thousands and thousands of years. That's one. The other thing is if you're like so turned off by religion like we were for many years, stoicism. Stoicism. Okay, because that's a method of that's a methodology for living. Very clear, very concise, very practical, and has been is also Lindy, meaning it's been around forever. It's precedes many religions. Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, Epictetus, you know, Ryan Holiday has got all the books. So delve into Stoicism. In a nutshell, I'm, let's just talk about them all. Let's just do a long fireside chat right here. Let's just talk about everything. I'm feeling good. Bay is with her mom tonight. Um, not quarantining here. <laughs> no, she'll be back. But, uh, you know, my time's a little off, so it's 10 o'clock at night, but I'm just going to sit for a while and talk. Let's talk about Jesus first. And we'll do everything fast because we're going to cover a lot of ground at this chat. What did Jesus teach? He taught love and compassion. Love thy neighbor. And he taught the main kind, the lesson that, that, he taught many lessons, but the main lesson that I'm really learning, and it's really, every great teacher taught this lesson, is turning away from the world and turning towards God. Alignment. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all that will be added. That's Matthew 6.3.3. It's my, one of my favorite Bible quotes. There's many great Bible quotes. Once you kind of get that, once you kind of get that it's not about the world and it's about spirit, everything gets, falls into place. But you have to really do a lot of work around that, to feel that way, to know that in your bones, to practice that every day. Stoicism. Stoicism says, suck it up. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it says. It says, life is difficult. Life is suffering. That's Buddhism. 
we run towards suffering. We embrace the suck. It's David Goggins in, in a modern way. It's Jocko Willink. It's all the warriors. It's the warrior philosophy. It says, this is what it says about coronavirus. Okay? Um, I believe, the proper animal believes, that coronavirus is totally fake. It's a, totally ho- it's a total hoax. And in a couple weeks, you'll all feel the same way. But I could be wrong. And if it really is this, this global pandemic and 100 million people in the U.S. die from it, wipes out a third of the, pop, a third of the U.S. population, uh, I'm going to live because I'm strong. But if I don't, there's nothing I can do about it and I'm going to live the best possible life I have left, whether that's a day or 30 days or 100 Okay, I don't believe that's going to happen, but you think about the worst possible case scenario and you get comfortable with death. That's Buddhism as well. Nutrition. So these are the Holy Trinity. It's, it's, it's spirituality or stoicism, right? I mean, you can, I think you ought to have both. So I'm counting that as, as one, right? Nutrition is two. Get your body right because your belly determines everything. The gut biome determines everything. We will be discovering extremely soon because it's happening in real time that the gut biome determines everything because the way you feel determines the way you think and the way you think determines what you do and say and the the way you talk to yourself and the way you talk to yourself determines what you do. Uh, and what you do determines your behavior. Your behavior be- determines your, your, your life. Nutrition. We are a strict carnivore. We believe that's the best way for us, for sure. Um, other people might have some sort of variation on it, but we don't think there's actually that much variation in the, in the, human, in the human being, in the human species. So maybe there's more keto people. Maybe there's certain people at a certain point in their life where they're fast metabolizers and they get to enjoy all kinds of foods without having much repercussion. But by the time you move into your 30s, at least men ought to be on a strict carnivore way of eating. Uh, And women be on some sort of maybe moderated, maybe cyclical ketogenic type of plan, maybe strict carnivore. You know, Bay had some some great contrasts. She's like, she's still in the phase where she's like, so mad because I'm right because I just tell her I'm just from my direct experience but she's so mad the difference in the way she feels when she just has a ribeye and some salt versus when she wants to like hang out with her friends and have cupcakes it's just a huge difference in, in just her, her mood and the way she feels and her athletic performance and all of the above so that's the trinity the trinity is spirituality philosophy and if you don't like Stoicism, then you can pick another philosophy. Just like you can, doesn't have to be Christianity. Okay, I'm, I'm putting those two together because you, you're generally going to work on those two things throughout your life, but there's generally a book involved. Like, so each of these modalities that I'm giving you as the Holy Trinity of getting through tough times or just being optimally performing in your life. They each include an activity. And so stoicism or your philosophy for me 
has a physical training component as well as some book reading. Christianity, for me, has a service component as well as some Bible reading. So we serve every Sunday. I volunteer in a prison. Volunteer any chance I can get. But more than that, I'm just... I'm, I'm doing my best to live like Christ and just everything is a gift. Everything is a gift. Everything is an offering. There's no... There, I, I did run some ads here, but there's no ads here now. You know, this is just m- my offering that I'm sharing. Christianity, Bible service component, Stoicism, Marcus Aurelius, let's say, and go time, intense physical training like David Goggins, whether you want to do endurance or more Jocko style, just getting after it every morning first thing. Nutrition, what is that? Carnivore way of eating, that's a feeding time. So these are all like rituals. Everything has a ritual component to it. And besides the feeding time, you have your shopping time. And like the destroyer, we want to take care of these small... Hey, how about these farmers coming through for us? Right? I, don't, I haven't had seen any... I mean, I've, yeah, we've seen some stupid things being sold out at Gelson's, at Whole Foods, at uh, Costco. You know, stupid paper supplies and like all kinds of dumb stuff. But I've, always, I've, gone, I've gone shopping the last two or three out of four days or like two or three days since I've been back. And I've always seen meat. Now, they, it might be more expensive. <laughs> it might be more expensive than I'm used to paying, but it's there. So I don't have to go hungry. Nutrition, so important. So key. Totally underrated. Of all the things, the most underrated is nutrition. I mean, they're all underrated. Christianity is underrated. But nothing is as underrated as nutrition. People don't think it matters uh, until they try it. Uh, great, great, happy to report that on this trip, there was a woman who just, who has been like playing around with it, but now she's full all in. So, and then there's another, my buddy, he's going to start doing it again because he realized that he's just not, he's not as sharp as he was now that he, now that he went off of it. And he wants to be really good at what he does and sharp. So on this yoga and meditation retreat to Thailand, okay, where I was the outlier last year on this, leading this trip, I was the one person and no one even had even heard of the carnivore way of eating. Now there are four. And of the four and, and, and of the you know, twenty-five or so other people, they all were kind of like curious about it. So that, the carnivore way of eating is happening. And we'll get back to more kind of carnivore part, like specific podcasts in the future for sure. Uh, but right now we want to just finish this up. We want to wrap this up. And then, of course, meditation. Okay, meditation is tried and true. I'm reading a lot. You know, so I'm reading the Bible. I'm, I'm like reading the very conservative accounts of the, of the, of, of the history of the Bible and you know, just like anything else you would imagine, there were a lot of scriptures that for whatever reason didn't remain as part of the teaching. And so before I tackled those, I wanted to really get 
the, 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 what is given to me right now as the Bible, the new version. I wanted to get that pretty solidly, which I think I have. And uh, I wanted to give that a real fair run. And I wanted to even read some, some studies around it and why, that, why they chose those um, gospels, you know, and, and, and eliminated some other ones. And so I, I do. Um, but here's what I'm thinking now as I've started to add like some of the Nag Hammadi and the, and the different apocryphal teachings that were not included, that are not included in the Bible, is that I think Jesus studied and also practiced uh, meditation. It's, it, meditation is alluded to in the Bible. It's just not given a lot of uh, weight, nor is any, is any of the actual science or technology of it described. And my understanding and belief now is, look, Jesus, in the, 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 what I love about, like, some people think that an evangelical Christian is very close-minded. They're totally not close-minded. There's many different interpretations. It's about your personal relationship with Jesus. And so I'm reading a, the, uh, the, the, the new version with commentary. Okay, I had read the new version. Now I'm reading the new version with commentary. And the commentary is like, look, you know, we don't know. We like, we like some people believe that Jesus was just born God and, and therefore uh, didn't require any training. And then other people believe he needed all kinds of training and went to India and went to all these parts. And from my travels in India and from people I, I know that have traveled to India firsthand, there's a, everyone in India believes that Jesus was there and trained there. And one of the things that he trained, what it, you know, it was meditation. And of course, like 40 days and 40 nights fasting in the, in the what, what do you think he was doing there? He was sitting. So meditation is not just an Eastern practice. It's just the Eastern Buddha is the guy who described it and the science of it. And the yogis kind of perfected it. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing like like the yogi or Patanjali's description of the different levels of meditation. It's like, I'm just trying to sit there for 10 minutes, right? And he's describing, Patanjali's describing like different levels of, of samadhi or highest consciousness. Nirvikalpa kam samadhi, kakapkaraisan kam samadhi. And it's like, what? okay, I'm not even close to that. been meditating 20 years. Um, but I touch on it. I touch on it. And the point is, it's so you don't have to be good at it. I guess where I, what I taught over at Thailand and what, I, what I'm saying here not tonight in the podcast is that all the studies that we're seeing right now about whatever it is you do, right? So if you're an athlete, all the work you do as an athlete, you know, whatever training four or five hours a day for 10 years, uh, a med- if you're a meditator, meditating every day, non-negotiable for 10 years, it is as much about you knowing that you did the work and not just you consciously knowing, but your subconscious knows that you did the work that puts you in a position t- today of, of mastery, right? So it's not necessarily like, of course, when you practice stuff, you want to practice as best as you can, but it really doesn't matter, especially in meditation. You just have to sit there and count your breaths and just get a certain amount of reps in every day. And it will make a difference because you know you did that work. And more importantly, your subconscious knows that you did that work. 
and I don't know if I described this on this podcast or not, but there's a, was a recent study done with housekeepers in a hotel chain where the scientists went in, they, you know, they asked the housekeepers, how often do you exercise? All of them said, no, we don't have time to exercise. We're working all day. They said, cool. Okay. They took all their measurements, came back, took all their measurements again, but then they said to them, hey, uh, just so you know, we've been monitoring you and you actually work out. You actually do exercise like 10 times more than the average person. And they were like, really? And the scientists were like, yep. And we're going to come back in a month and just go about your business. Don't change anything. Just go about your business. And when they, and when they came back, because just because the housekeepers knew, Okay, there was a control group that didn't know and a, and a control group that knew that they were burning more calories, doing more work than the average person, that they were exercising more. All of the housekeepers that knew that they were exercising lost weight, all their health markers improved, and the control group that didn't know stayed the same. So it's just the knowing that you have done this work. And so for us, it's we know. The destroyer knows. It's been working on ourselves 20 years plus. We've been ready for this moment. We've been ready for this moment our whole life. And so, whatever happens, we're ready. And you can get there too. But it requires a spiritual practice, a philosophical practice, and you can fold those two into the same thing. You only have to do one of them. Right? You do whichever one resonates. Your nutrition has to be on point. Doesn't mean you have to be a strict carnivore, but figure it out because sugar's causing all kinds of problems, right? But figure out what that is. Figure out where you can feel 10 out of 10 every day. Strict carnivore is the easiest way to find out. And then meditation. Just sit 12 breaths if you've never meditated before. Just count on the exhale. One. Count on the exhale. Two, count on the exhale, inhale, three, up to 12, but do it every day because you need to know that you did it every day. And you start putting together that body of work, it'll make your life a lot easier right now in this moment. And then the next time something crazy happens, you'll be that much more ready. This is the proper animal. This is the All Ate Steak Podcast. This is your very long evening fireside chat. We're here for you. We're going hard. We might change the name of the podcast, but for now, this is the All Ate Steak Podcast. This is the proper animal. Good night.